This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. All the frustration and disappointment of the past is gone. The 45-year drought is over. The Los Angeles Kings are indeed the Kings of the National Hockey League. They are the 2012 Stanley Cup champions. Cleared away by the Kings, picked up by Martinez. Martinez to Clifford, feeds it right side to Foley with a shot, save, rebound, SCORE! Alec Martinez has won the Stanley Cup for the Los Angeles Kings! And royalty reigns again in the NHL! What's up, Kings fans, and welcome to the Hockey Royalty Podcast, the official podcast of HockeyRoyalty.com. I'm Scott Kidville, and we uh, it's been a while since we've all talked here, so we got, we got a lot of news we got to get caught up on. Now, of course, we do not have Ryan with us today. Ryan is being an adult. You know, <laughs> I, I can't believe it. You know, doing adult things, so he can't be with us today. And in case everybody doesn't know, we're doing a daytime pod. So that's I think that kind of screwed him up, too. I'm on the East Coast. And my partner in crime, who I'm going to bring in right now, is in sunny California. He is, of course, the emperor of analytics. He is the prince of PDO. He is the count of Corsi. He is everything to the hockey royalty analytics community. He is the one. He is the only Mr. Russell Morgan. What's up, buddy? What's up, Scott? Yeah, I got my uh, morning coffee going. I'm uh, ready to talk some Kings hockey. Let's, uh, let's dive into it. Yeah, it's about 8 o'clock your time, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I just woke up about a little over an hour ago, so still kind of brushing the cobwebs off. But, yeah, I've been looking forward to this episode. There's a there's a lot to get into. Oh, absolutely. Well, if it makes you feel any better, it's a little after 11 here, and I'm on my, like, fifth cup of coffee. So, yeah. <laughs> We're going to be talking fast, folks, so pay attention, right? <laughs> Let's do it. All right. So, anyways, our L.A. Kings are now mired in a four-game losing streak. Um for a while, it looked so good, you know, seven games in a row winning and everything seemed to be going right. And then all of a sudden, uh, as it's been this season, uh, kind of streaky. And unfortunately, we are in the in the midst of a losing streak. So let's just get right into it. Russ, what do you see has gone wrong with this team? Uh, unfortunately, quite a bit. I mean, when you have Blake or Brendan Lemieux as one of your top scorers the last few games, that's that's not something to be happy about. I mean, he's projected to be just one of the bottom six kind of energetic players, but he's been putting pucks in the net, which was good when your team's winning, but when your team's not scoring a lot of goals, that's, you you can't be happy about that. But um, besides, as far as the whole team goes, it's just frustrating because Todd McClellan mentioned it after the game uh, against the Coyotes where they lost two to one in overtime. And it almost was like a more heartbreaking loss than the game on Saturday against the hurricanes. Um, it's just a team that it, they, they can't finish. They, and there's no real offensive talent on this team. Going back to 2018-2019, they have the worst shooting percentage in the league at 8.22%. That's dead last wow. in the NHL. 
So for a team that, and that's just been the, the MO of the Kings for the last few years. I mean, a team that is able to generate offense, drive play, get those shots on to, to the net, but they just don't have the finishers on the team to be able to actually put the pucks in the net. I mean, Kopitar really kind of is the main scorer of the team, but without an actual legit scorer on his wing, hasn't really been able to generate a lot of offense as far as goals in the box score. We've had Victor Arvidsson now on the team, and he hasn't really done much of that. I mean, he's gone through COVID and missed quite a few right. games, but in the times he's been with Kopitar, I mean, they've been driving play, but there hasn't been a lot of goals. So when McClellan mentioned that after the game the other day, that was just finishing, that's really the issue. I mean, that's something that you could be talking about for the Kings for the last few years. And unfortunately, they're, they're a team that thrives in the one-three-one. I can like I I just despise watching one-three-one hockey. I just hate it because I mean I was watching the game against the Coyotes the other day, and there's multiple times where the Coyotes defender gets the puck, and there's just no pressure. So they just sit there, wait for their team to make a, a full line change. No pressure or no forecheck on the on the defensive player at all. So their team makes a full line change and then they just go up ice. And then the Kings with the strategy is they're just hoping for dump ins and clean breakouts. So right. it's just, it, it's just a frustrating game of hockey to watch from a fan perspective. Cause you want to see some aggressiveness. You want to see some pressure being put on the defensive players. And that's really not the case right now for the Kings. And that's not their strategy. Um, so yeah, right now the it, goaltending is still, I mean, Jonathan quick still playing really good, really good hockey right now. His goaltending is still great. He still put up a plus um, goal saved above expected last game against the Coyotes. But, I mean, you still got Cal Peterson who's still trying to find his groove. So, I, I mean, there's just, just a lot a lot of problems, I guess, and a lot of things that still need to be fixed right now with this team, and it's just frustrating. It is. It all, and, and especially when you, when you come off a winning streak like they had, and then it just see it go south so quick. That That's the, the hard part. And, you know, you mentioned that, and it, it made me think about the forecheck, right? When they're winning, when they're playing winning hockey, they are forechecking. Mm-hmm. They are creating a lot of havoc in the other team's end. But it almost seems like when, when things turn south, it, it, you're right. They just, it's just a complete back off. And it, it's beyond frustrating watching them not be able to finish. And I didn't realize it was that bad for that long when you pointed that stat out, but that makes all the sense in the world. It almost seems like it's been that way since the Daryl Sutter days, really. Right, right. Yeah, the team has always been able to generate. They've always been Corsi real beasts, really, in, in, in that kind of advanced department. But if you're able to generate shots but actually put the puck in the net, then what's what's it helping? I mean, you don't right. have the finishers on, on the team. I mean, Adrian Kempe has always been a sub, sub-average sub uh, shooting percentage per, uh, player. Um, Andre Kopitar has really been the only real positive player the last few years in terms of shooting percentage. Drew Doughty, when he's healthy this year, has been great in terms of on-ice shooting percentage for the team. But, I mean, if you look at it, it, that's just been the problem for the Kings the last few years. That's They're not – they don't have the finishers on this team right now to generate goals, really. Oh, absolutely. And you know where it really shows is on the power play. Mm-hmm. So I did a little uh, little digging myself here. And for oh, the yeah. month, month of November, they are two for 29. Not great. That's not going to cut it at all. You know, I mean, it's fortunately they're they're still in the mix as far as being near a wild card spot. And again, we're we're not even to the end of November yet, so that's yeah, kind yeah. of putting the cart before the horse, so to speak. But the fact of the matter is, you've got to get that power play fixed. And 
how you do it, I think, honestly, they're going to have to start juggling up some personnel. They're going to have to do something different. Honestly, why not put a guy like Arthur Kelly on your first part? Why not? Right? Mm-hmm. What, and, and I and anybody who listens to our podcast on a regular basis probably go, oh, here he goes again with the Arthur Kelly bet. I get it. I understand that. But when you're starving for goals, why not? Short of making any major trades, what else are you going to do? Yeah, and that's the that's the exactly the problem right now is you have players playing that are really almost like core pieces right now, just not really playing that good of hockey. I mean, Victor Arvidsson was brought in; he's not really scoring goals right now. Andre Kopitar is kind of in a slump right now. Um, that Alex Alafalo, Deneau, and Athanasiu line has kind of slowed down quite a bit. So, really, when your only offense is coming from the bottom four or or bottom six, where you're looking really for positions to be interchangeable around there to bring up those new young players. I mean, you can't really be taking out players like Brendan Lemieux or Blake Lazat who have been playing pretty good hockey lately to bring in some new um, offensive talented players. So, I mean, just to dive into the power play. Yeah. You mentioned it, Arthur Kaliev. I mean, it's just frustrating because the Kings had a, a, an extended four on three power play and Arthur Kaliev didn't get one shot on net. That's inexcusable. That's right. that's ridiculous. For when you watch the Washington Capitals play on a power play, Alex Ovechkin barely moves five feet away right. from his little office. He just stands there. And there's that meme of just holding a stick against the thighs and just waiting for the puck to come to him. And that's exactly what the Kings should be doing with Arthur Kaliev. Arthur Kaliev shouldn't leave the faceoff circle. He should be sitting there waiting for pucks to come to him and rocketing that one-time shot that he has into the net because that's exactly what he can do. Any other strategy that the Kings have as far as getting traffic or having Matt Roy throw pucks on the net, just hoping it goes in or gets deflected, creates a rebound, that's that's not great. I mean, Arthur Kaliev is there for a reason. He's been brought up onto this team for a reason, and that's to put pucks on the net. And when you don't give them the opportunity to do that on the power play where they have the man advantage, they're not going to succeed. And that's exactly what we're seeing right now. Yeah, absolutely. It's almost like he's been put in a position to fail. Really, and and I and I know that's not maybe a popular thing to say, but I'm going to say it. Just watching this, I mean, and I understand that there's you know they're having a hard time creating room in the lineup. But when you're in a four game losing streak and you're not scoring goals, to me, there's no reason for Arthur Kelly to be playing on the fourth line. For starters, two, like you just said, put him on the power play because you know what? Then maybe he pops a few goals. He starts getting his confidence back up. Because, I mean, you can almost see it. He, like, sometimes his confidence is just fading. I mean, he's had some bad puck luck. Let's let's just be honest mm-hmm. about that, too. Watching a few of those games, that puck just kind of bounces over the blade. Uh, you know, just different. And uh, what was it? The Carolina game. I think he got robbed. Absolutely robbed by uh, yeah. by Freddie Anderson. But the, the, something has to absolutely has to give here. There's just no if and or buts about it. And at, at this point, Ross, I, I tell you, I'm – and who am I? I'm just a fan. What do I? What do I know? Right. But I, I don't know what the answer is. I, I really, really don't. I mean, I know Drew Doughty is now practicing ahead of schedule. Uh, he's still in a no contact uniform, but still, that means that he's obviously going to be back sooner than we thought. And boy, could they ever use him? Could yeah, they just ever to kind use of, him? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Drew Doughty obviously has been you just kind of see the the importance of that player to this team and what he brings as far as, I mean, whether it be five on five or whether or on the power play. I mean, he's just the quarterback and really the, the, 
engine that drives the Kings offense from that standpoint, but just to get into five on five and where the fixes are, I mean, we're recording this at eight, eight 30, my time. And in a couple hours, the Kings will be taking ice for practice. Um, so I'm just in, I'm just expecting a real blander kind of, of line changes and line manipulation um, coming out of this practice. I could definitely see them moving around. I followed our Athanasiu, just trying to generate a little something. I mean, we're, we're coming off a game where they lose 2-1 to the Arizona Coyotes. And, I mean, they they had plenty of chances. I mean, their goalie, Carol Vemelka, played mm-hmm. a, a ridiculous game. I mean, he's 0-9-1, yeah, he but yeah. he played a really good game. I mean, let's let's not let's not beat around the bush there. But as far – and then the Carolina game where they scored four goals, there's a lot to like, but it's just still like – there's not a lot like, – like Todd mentioned, there's just not a lot of finishing. So I think you just have to kind of mix up the lines a bit see what you can get out of players like Arvidsson who still who still need to find their groove, who maybe Athanasiu could help out with Kopitar or Kempe needs to be moved around. I don't know. It's just there needs to be some mix. And with Leah Sanderson possibly coming back in, I think you need to get Carl Grunstrom back in the lineup. He was actually bringing in some energy, checking, finishing his checks in, as well. Um, but just to kind of go back to Arthur Kaliev, that's kind of the question I had when the Kings brought him up is just, is he ready for a top six role in the NHL? I didn't think so. So where are we going to play him? I mean, you're going to play, and now he's playing on the fourth line with Blake Lazat and Brendan Lemieux. I mean, right now they're the best scorers for the Kings, which is unfortunate. But <laughs> there's just not a lot to bring for. I mean, that's just not really the type of player that Arthur Kaliev is. I mean, right? They're just kind of like you said. They're just kind of wasting him right now. And I think it'd be more beneficial for him and the organization as a whole if they just send him back down now. Ontario and have him get more time with Alex Turcotte, build that chemistry up and maybe bring up like a Martin Furk who's leading the a- uh, the AHL in scoring right now. So, I mean, there, there just needs to be some um, change really. Uh, you know, I, I will have to say, I, I actually disagree with you on that one because I don't think Kelly needs to be sent down to the AHL because there's really nothing much more that can be done with him down there. Right. You know, he's never going to be a Selkie trophy defense or a Selkie trophy winning forward he never will be you know i mean i don't think his defense honestly is all that bad especially you know in comparison to what you know what he's around i think what they need to do is say okay we're going to put you in the top six give him a 10 games see how it works you know i mean and it's not a slight against uh, blake lazat right but i want to actually see what arthur kelly can do with a legitimate chance with somebody like a Kopitar or a Dano, where you're going to get play that's driven and he's going to get chances to score. I just, I don't see personally where sending him down to Ontario is going to do anything further for him. I, I think with Arthur Kelly, if you've gone as far as you're going to go development wise, right? I think he needs to have that, that legit chance to uh, take the torch and run with it, so to speak. But, uh, but again, it's like you said, but then who comes out of the top six? Mm-hmm. Right, and that's and yeah, that's comes exactly out. Thing. I mean, they've already you know Brownie's already dropped down to the third line. You know, uh, honestly, like I said, I just I think Kelly up with Kopitar to me would I'm I'm salivating thinking about it right now, <laughs> just because what the heck else do they have to lose? You're not you're not generating the offense anyway, so why not? And you know what? That also sends a message to the younger guys to say, hey, you know what? We're going to start believing in you guys. We're going to start giving you a chance. Now maybe is the time for them to start reaching up and start grabbing the, the those chances. Because don't forget too, 
you got Quentin Byfield coming back next month. And I'm sure he's going to probably play a few games in Ontario for conditioning and all that, which I understand. It's I totally get it. But there's there's it's time for the youth to be served in, in this lineup. I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry, but it's time. And the fact of the matter is, you start with Arthur Kaliev. Yeah, I mean, they brought in all these new players, and it was almost like a turn the page kind of to the next chapter. But we're just kind of still seeing the same Kings hockey we've been seeing the last few years. Right. That's the problem. I mean, the reason I say you send Arthur Kaliev back down to AHL is because they're just not really utilizing him the way they should be. I mean, if they right. want to put him in the top six for the next few games and just try him out there, I don't think there's a problem with his defense. The, right. the Kings as a whole are, are defensive first kind of team. So for a player that like Arthur Kaliev, who has some relatively decent defensive qualities to his game and obviously a great offensive qualities to his game, why not try him with a player like Kopitar, who's always going to be playing that full 200-foot game and then maybe pair him with an eye follow. Just kind of see, just, just need to generate more offense and give these kids the opportunity. I mean, it's just frustrating because you watch the Ontario Reign, who are playing really exciting hockey. I was able to watch the game last night against Stockton Heat. They win 5-3. Vladimir Kachev has, what, 10 or 11 points in seven games. He's been down there. He scored his first AHA goal, goal last year, or last night. And then Samuel Fugimo is also lighting up the lamp. So you have all these young prospects and goal scorers that are generating offense, that are making, doing creative things in the offensive zone. And then you have the Kings team who's playing that stagnant 1-3-1 hockey, just kind of waiting for those clean breakouts from the defensive group. That's not really happening and generating a ton of offense. It's, it's just kind of frustrating to see. Yeah, so, okay, I, I basically I misunderstood what you were saying. No, what, a surprise, yeah. what a surprise there, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you're right. And, and speaking of the rain, uh, there's another guy down there that's absolutely lighting it up on defense, and that's Sean Dursey. Mm-hmm. He's been unbelievable as of late. And I got to tell you, man, I am frankly very surprised that he hasn't got a look as well, a legit look with all the injuries that they've had. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I Again, I'm not trying to point fingers. I'm not trying to stir the pot or anything like that. But when is the time going to come? How much longer are we going to wait? before we see what these kids can do. Yeah, I think we might see probably Wednesday being the NHL debut for Jersey. I mean, it just makes all the sense in the world. I mean, you have Toronto coming in, the team that drafted him. Yeah. The team, they, they got him, for, the Kings got him from Toronto. So that'd be a really cool debut. But yeah, and that's when, when Drew Doughty and Sean Walker went down, really the only two offensive type defensemen on the team, you were kind of expecting a player like Sean Dersey or Kale Clegg eventually did get the call up, but those type of players to, to be on the Kings. So when you saw a player like Austin Strand come up, okay, yeah, he's been in the NHL. He, had, he actually had some pretty good games last season, but he's not really that offensive type threat. So sure. you don't really have a lot of, I mean, we've seen Tobias Bjornfoot kind of jump into that, that role a little bit, but that's really not his game. So when, when you saw Sean Dersey eventually get called up the other day, I was thinking, Oh, great. He's going to, he's a, that's exactly what the Kings need right now. He can quarterback a power play. He's always thinking offensively. So the Kings only have what? I think Drew Doughty is the only defenseman who scored a goal for the Kings this season so far. Um, the Sean Jersey call just made a lot of sense. So when he didn't get a game over this past weekend, I was thinking, man, like the power play needs a player like Sean Jersey. And then so 
when you saw him go back down and play for the Ontario Reign last last night, and he just puts three three points up like it's nothing. It was just like, okay, well, why isn't he with the Kings? Why didn't he do that this past weekend for a team that desperately needed points, especially against the Coyotes? I mean, that would have been a great a great game to get him his debut. But hopefully, he, he I'm expecting him to get called back up. I, I I know there's been rumors out there that he is going to get called back up. That hasn't been made official as of yet, but. By the time this was released, he'll probably be back up with the team. So I'm fully expecting him to be maybe make his debut on Wednesday and hopefully be on the power play and help with that um, part of the game as well. Yeah, and you know the the thing is too is and, and listen, I get it. That's just the way the Kings are with their their prospects, right? They're, they they're very very slow, very methodical. You know, I, I I get it. But to me also, I mean, this has been kind of like the perfect time to see what you got. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, with the with the injuries that they've had and the and the scoring slumps and all that. So yeah, I do hope that that Jersey does make his NHL debut. And you know, actually, I'd like to see the kid stick around for just a little bit and see see what he can do. Because to me, like a a one or two or a three game call up, that's not that doesn't prove anything, right? I mean, that that's too small of a sample size. And it's like we've talked a thousand times on this pod too. Eventually, some decisions are going to have to be made something's something's gonna have somebody's gonna have to go and so obviously i'm not speculating on who it is i have no idea what do i know you know <laughs> I, I mean sometimes i wish i was like you know maybe like i don't know, like the cleaning dude around rob Blake's office i'd be eavesdropping all the time <laughs> to see what i could hear the but you know i'm not you know <laughs> uh but yeah so that's uh anybody else from ontario that you you can see that should be you know getting an opportunity perhaps uh, fill up the fill the next injury role or or whatever. Well, it's just hard because I mean, like we've talked about the the real only, only positions that I can see being taken are from players like Brendan Lemieux, Blake Lazat, and those are really the only players that are scoring right now. Um, Carl Grundstrom is also coming back. Leah Anderson's coming back, or, or Carl Grundstrom's been healthy scratch. He could possibly get a game back in. Um, but as far as looking at, back at Ontario, you have to look at a player like Kachev who's been putting up those points who is that offensive threat. And I shared the other day that he's he's third on the team in power play points for, for the only the few amount of games that he got in. I mean, that's a player that would help the power play tremendously. I mean, we just saw what he was able to do. He was still kind of finding his game five on five. But if you just slot him in on those bottom, bottom six type minutes and just give him the opportunity to help the power play a little bit, I think that would ignite um, that man advantage. But um, you also have to look at um, players like I, – I, I just was expecting Sean Derzy. He'll, he'll get the call back up. Um, like I mentioned, Martin Furk, who's, who's scoring quite a bit and who's always had a pretty good shooting percentage in the NHL. That's another player that I think could get a call. Gabe Velarde, he's, he's looking okay. He's still That's trying right. to find his game. Yeah, he's still down there, so we'll see what happens. But, yeah, like you mentioned, there's we're still waiting for that big move to happen. And it's just – I mean, Victor Arvidsson came in. He was brought in without 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 getting any um, giving away any prospects with just draft picks. So there's been players that have been brought in, but no prospects and no pieces have been moved out. So I think we're still kind of waiting for that to happen. But it's just funny because the Kings, the Kings fans' patience has been really cool. tested the last few years. I mean, yeah. I mean, you you watch you watch a team like Anaheim. I know. Yeah. It's yeah, Trevor so Zegers, who's just yeah, Trevor Zegers is lighting up the lamp. Troy Terry, I mean Isaac Lindstrom. You have Jamie Drysdale's been playing. Sean McT- or Mason McTavish was sent back down, but he got his cup of coffee in the NHL. 
I mean, you have all these prospects who are, I mean, and look at Detroit, Lucas Raymond, Morris Snyder. Right. I mean, Phil Bro- Broberg got his NHL debut. So Alex Turcotte's just kind of waiting in the wings, just kind of waiting for his chance. But man, the Kings fans' patience has, has to be tested. I mean, I mean, how much longer can they wait? I mean, you have all these new toys that they want to play with and they can't play with them because they're just sitting under the tree, just still kind of percolating <laughs> a little bit. It's just tough. It's just tough to watch. Uh, you're so right. Yeah, it, it is. It, it's like Christmas morning getting all your presents. Well, you can't play with them until grandma gets here because she wants yeah, to exactly. photo op. Like, what are you exactly. talking about? <laughs> yeah, they look and they look so good too in Ontario, man. It's just that's the, that's the frustrating thing. I know it is. It is. It's incredibly frustrating. But I'll tell you, you know, you you'd mentioned it earlier. And, and thank God for Jonathan Quick doing what he's doing. Um, you know, you, you you have to feel for Cal Peterson. Uh, I can imagine as a goalie, that's got to be tough not being able to get into your groove with limited games played. I mean, you know, and the. The opportunities are coming because there's going to be a lot of back-to-backs, and it's a long season, right? But if, if it's not for Jonathan Quick right now, I don't even want to think about where this team would be. Right. I mean, we the team just came off a seven-game win streak and points in eight straight. And if you think about it, a couple of those games were really stolen by Jonathan Quick. The, sure. The Senators game, I, I think it was the Senators game or the Canadians game where they won in overtime. Canadian. That was the – yeah, the Canadians game. That was a big Jonathan Quick game, um, or the I think, and then the Toronto Maple Leafs game where Jonathan Quick pretty much stood on his head. It could have been a six-five-five-four kind of mm-hmm. win either way. But Jonathan Quick right now he's six in the league in goals saved above expected. He's playing an incredible season, really. I mean, he's you look back at his stats in 2012, and he's almost having better stats than that. So yeah, like you mentioned, where would this team really be without Quicky? I mean, they most likely have a losing record, especially with the way that Cal Peterson's been been playing lately i mean that game against carolina it was just frustrating because i mean they they score a goal and then just a few seconds later the yeah. carolina hurricanes come back and score another one and you were just kind of waiting for that big save to happen it just never really came to fruition so when you see, and then you see the, the coyotes game who jonathan quick is actually making some big saves it could have been a lot worse for the kings i mean if, if not for jonathan quick so the goaltending has really still kind of been in flux and it's really kind of been kind of thrown out the window as far as strategy goes going into the season where you expected Cal Peterson to be that legitimate one and Jonathan Quick to be the two. It's almost right. gone back to kind of flipped a little bit. Now it's been Jonathan Quick who's the legitimate one right now and Cal Peterson's playing like a backup role. So yeah. You're kind of just hoping that Cal Peterson can find his game and kind of bring kind of a little bit more of a foundation in terms of in net for the Kings. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you, it's funny. You mentioned that Carolina game. All I could think of was NHL 94. Remember that cheat code, how you, you get the goalie to move? And that, that was, that's all I could think of. I'm like, oh, here it comes again. Here it comes. NHL 94. <laughs> the NHL series on EA has always had some kind of glitch or I know. It's move. A- it's, I think there's always been that. There was that wraparound once where the goalie yeah, would right? slide over to the other side. And then the cross-size passes is a, have always been a thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, they do that franchise well. But, I mean, right. yeah, just kind of look forward. I mean, we have the game coming up on Wednesday with the Maple Leafs coming to town. It's just going to be another test, and it will be interesting. I'm sure Jonathan Quick probably gets the start. It's just kind of the way he's playing. But hopefully we'll, we'll see Sean Dursey make his NHL debut and hopefully help that offense a little bit and help that power play especially. But like you mentioned, I just I just hope they give Arthur Kaliev an opportunity on a, on a 
in a role to succeed with the team and bring that offensive capability that he's able to bring, especially on the power play. Because right now there's really no strategy when you watch the power play happen. Just put him on the circle and just give him the opportunity to score. Right. Absolutely. And and you know what? You you hit the nail right on the head. Uh, the seven-game win streak's over, and the schedule is now getting tougher as well. So, you know, that this is going to be the time to buckle down. But uh, I don't know. Like I said, I think you uh, you figure out a couple of things that are gone wrong in the offense, and you're, you're right back into things. I mean, this is not – you know, for anybody who's listening, don't think that we're here to uh, doom and gloom for the whole – you know, it, yeah, it's, not at all. It, it's not a rough – it's a rough spot. Uh, they're going to get through it, and at some point, like I said, something's going to have to give. Going to have to start maybe doing things a little bit differently, but got to have faith. Yeah, hopefully it starts with maybe taking Ole Mata out of the lineup. He just needs he just needs to be sat for a yeah. couple of games. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't, I don't want to, to beat a dead horse or anything because no, we've talked about Ole Mata and fans have talked about him quite a bit, but it's just unfortunate because you look at the defensive group right now and you have Mikey Anderson, Tobias Burenfoot, Matt Roy, um, Ole Mata, Kale Clegg. I mean, there's really not a lot of offense when you have Kale Clay, who's really the only offensive type defenseman there. I mean, Ole Mata, is, he's, he's a good, good average defenseman who can play solid defensive minutes. But what does he bring offensively? What do any of really those players supposed to yeah. bring offensively as a primary role? I mean, they really don't. So Sean Dursey needs to be in the lineup and he needs to help with the offensive and hopefully bring some uh, goals to the to the blue line because that's ex- that's what's desperately needed right now for the Kings. Well, I thought he got his first goal the other day there, and then it turns yeah. out it was tipped. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, you have Edler too. He's been playing incredibly great. I mean, it's just, you, you think has. about it, it's just, he's just a player. You just, you know what you're going to get out of him. And he's been kind of thrown into that Matt Roy kind of role that we've expected from Roy the last couple of seasons, where he's just been steady Eddie, really. Mm-hmm. Um, like Todd mentioned, that you just, you know, you're going to th- uh, trot him out there. He's going to play solid defensively. He's going to kind of bring in a little bit his, – his passing. That's one thing I love watching. When you watch Matt Roy play hockey – or Alex Edler play hockey, man, he just throws crisp passes. Just, yeah. Just listening to the echo of the stick, the puck hitting the stick, I was like, ooh, I love hearing that sound. So when you go to Staples Center and you watch him play, just look out for those passes out of the blue line or blue uh, the defensive zone. They're really fun to watch. You know, you should make that your ringtone. <laughs> I love that sound. I mean, I was, I was whenever I go to a hockey game and I hear that that sound, it's just when you hear, yeah. when you go to those big barns and you you can make. I try to I try to do my defensive blue, uh, blue line passes that way too. Just try to throw them as hard as I can, break you some know, sticks. That'd be fun. I do too, but they always end up going to the other team. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's why I'm a beer leaguer, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Well. Russ, I think that's all the time we've got for this week. Uh, but like I said, let's uh, let's hope we get to get a turnaround starting against the Maple Leafs. And um, mm-hmm. like I said, just got to keep the faith, man. Yeah, it's just a slump. I mean, the Kings have shown the opportunity that the, that they can bring as far as offensively. Um, so right now, just a little bit of a slump. Hopefully, they can turn it around. We'll see some lineup changes, I'm sure, today. But, um, yeah, Wednesday will be a good test for the team and see if they can bounce back against a a really good Maple Leafs team. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, folks, we want to thank you for listening. Um, Hopefully next time we'll have Ryan back when he's done being an adult. That's, uh, you know, first and foremost. But, uh, no, seriously, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. And we will see you next time on the Hockey Royalty Podcast. Go Kings, go. Go Kings. (laughs) 